I don't know why it is, but every time I thought about Mark, Leonard Skinner songs would always pop into my head. I only had a few email exchanges with Mark throughout my time in the BDL, but I really do wish I would have met him in person or had a phone conversation with him at some point. I know he's truly going to be missing this league by all of us, and I, but I do believe that he's going to be watching us from above and be playing along with us. And I bet if you listen real closely, you can probably hear him say, Johnny, stop sending me these stupid trade offers of yours. Scotty, just know that we're always here for you. and You can always reach out to us at any time if you need somebody to talk to. All right, let's try to move on to the uh, the rest of this episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about the recently completed draft. I'm going to rank each of the team's drafts from the top to the bottom, which should be pretty easy to do. It's basically going to be based on whoever has the most picks. And then we're going to rank uh, each team's minor league system. We're going to start at the bottom and work our way up to the top. Okay, prospects, now that you have arrived, Am I going to keep you forever? Probably not. I'm either going to drop you or trade you probably within the next three years or so. Let's take a little close look at how our draft went, starting with round one. Round one had six teams picking in it. Started off with Wu picking at number one, selecting Andrew Vaughn, first base, Chicago White Sox. I definitely believe this is the right pick for John. Uh, especially after this trade of uh, Peter Alonso, so he gets his first baseman back. Um, so I think that was an excellent choice by by John. Pick number two was Adley Rutschman by the Memphis Chicks. Again, uh, this is a solid pick, um, and really there's no surprises really in, in round one for the most part at all. Um, Adley Rutschman, probably one of the top-hitting catching prospects um, in a long time that have popped up. My questioning here would only be, he's a catcher. Uh, I've never had any success at all drafting catchers, so there's always a little risk here, but I think Adley, for the most part, is is, is not a, that much of a risk as compared to other catchers in the past. With that being said, I, I believe any uh, anybody else who selected a catching prospect past this point was pretty much just wasting their picks. Um, moving on. With the number three overall pick, uh, it was back to Wu, who selected Bobby Wood Jr., shortstop Kansas City. Again, solid pick. Um, I'd probably prefer C.J. Abrams, uh, shortstop of San Diego, over him. But, uh, again, I'm just splitting hairs here, so there's really uh, good picks there, uh, both with uh, Wu and with the uh, with the Vipers. Um, next up, we had uh, Crawford Cramps, who picked... Uh, Outfielder J.J. Blay of the Miami. Again, solid pick. Uh, no complaints there. Memphis, back to Memphis Chicks again, who picked uh, the young um, international Jason Dominguez, outfitter New, New York Yankees. Again, very solid pick. Um, probably, um, well, I think, probably what, from a fantasy standpoint, probably one of the top guys to get um, just because his upside is so huge. Then we went back to the Crawford Cramps, who picked another outfielder, Riley Green. Again, solid pick. And then we got into uh, uh, Killer Cars in uh, the start of his 14 picks that he had. Uh, he had four right here in a row. Um, I think his first two were very solid with uh, Robert Paulson and Eric uh, Pena. 
these next two picks on the draft is kind of where I think things started to to go off script a little bit. Um, based on our league, starting pitchers probably a little bit overvalued, and outfielders are are undervalued. So, so Johnny decided to start taking a couple pitchers here. Again, both these pitchers are solid pitchers. I just think they're probably around uh, too early. And then also the next two picks after that with Wu and the Jens. Um, also selecting pitching uh, prospects. Again, I think just a little bit early for the pitching prospects, especially with what was still on the board. Um, Crawford Cramps with pick number 14, followed up with the outfielder Hunter Bishop, which, again, solid pick. Um, and then back to Kansas City with the next two picks, selecting another pitching, George Kirby. Again, I think it's just a little bit early. And then uh, definitely a little bit early with the Maximo Acosta. Again, he's a top prospect, but uh, I think just a little bit early on him. Um, but overall, still very solid first-round picks. Nothing real surprising, maybe just a little bit early on starting pitching and a little bit earlier on the Maximo pick, but uh, no bad picks at all here whatsoever. Um, if we jump into the second round, uh, we started off again with, with uh, the Cars, uh, selecting outfielder Byron Laura. Again, this probably is not a very good pick here, especially with uh, Corbin Carroll still being on the board. Um, kind of a reach. And then, uh, again, Jen selecting another starting pitcher, uh, and Zach Thomas, and, and not selecting uh, Corbin Carroll, I, I think, was, was a mistake. Um, but with that being said, when it was the Lions' turn to pick, and him jumping on Corbin Carroll, um, that was probably one of the steals of the draft. Um, falling out this this round, um, I just kind of want to hit on some of the the high po- high points, maybe the best picks and some of the the worst picks. Again, I think that the best pick is is Corbin Carroll falling all the way to the second round. Um, I think Josh Jung uh, also going to the Lions was a good value pick. I think. Boston Double Downs selecting Greg Jones, shortstop Tampa Bay, was also another steal. You know, towards the end of the second round, great spot to be getting him at. Some of the bad picks, or what I would call the worst picks here, I think uh, the Cars definitely reached on Hebert Perez, outfielder Milwaukee. This guy's only 16 years old. He's a long ways away. Um, I, I just think it was a major reach. You could probably could have gotten this guy off of waiver wires. I can't imagine anybody else really selecting him. Um, and then also with the Rockets coming in and selecting catching prospect Tyler Stevenson, as I said earlier in the podcast, I just don't think catching prospects is the way to go. Other than that, there's probably really no other big surprises here. Uh, let's move on to round three. Um, again, I'm just more going to highlight, and round three is really where things probably started to uh, get out of whack. You know, we started going away from prospects and we started doing a whole bunch of different other things. Um, so some of the highlights here, I think uh, by uh, Bryson Stout, uh, shortstop Philadelphia by the Woo, was a good value pick. Um, the car selecting uh, Emmanuel Kloss, pitcher for Cleveland. I don't understand this pick at all either. Maybe Johnny can explain it. I just think this guy's a bullpen arm right now in the majors. So I don't know if he thinks he's at some point going to be a, a closer or something like that, but, but I don't understand that pick at all. Um, and then, of course, 
This is where uh, the Cramps uh, started making his mistakes in selecting players that are already picked. Um, eventually ended up picking somebody, a starting pitcher from Arizona, which, again, it was an okay pick, nothing nothing special. Um, but good thing to know that uh, when you don't know who to pick, you might as well start trading all your players so you don't have to, to run into this problem again where you just keep on picking people that have already been picked two rounds earlier. Um, another uh, good value pick here was the – the Beers selecting Cody uh, Housey, third baseman of the Dodgers. Um, he had another good pick here with the uh, Michael from uh, Michael Toluga, first baseman of Colorado. Um, the Jins again now picking another pitching. Uh, he's not even a prospect. This guy's been in the league forever, Josh Lindrum. Again, I, I don't understand that pick necessarily. Maybe you're just looking for an extra arm. But, but the reason he's on the waiver wire. Um, had a couple closers go this round, which is about the round that typically closers that have potential to be closers are going to go. And then, uh, again, that's probably the highlights there. So good value picks from Wu and Beers. And then uh, a couple bad picks with the, uh, with the catching prospects again. And then uh, a couple of... Uh, journeyman pitching people round four again i'm not going to go too much into detail here with round four again anybody picking catchers again is probably bad but i did here i'm just going to highlight some of the ones i liked uh the cards i did like the jose garcia shortstop cincinnati uh seems to be an upcoming guy really like the uh, uh los angel acuna pick from the boston double downs and I also like the Rockets' uh, Adam Coffinstein's pick for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Around five, I mean, round five is pretty much, can't really have a bad pick in round five. Most of these guys will probably be dropped. Um, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of detail here of who I liked and didn't, but most of these guys are either uh, waiver wire guys or there's a couple of guys that are pretty far off prospects. Um basically just crapshoots. So let's look at uh, overall who had the best draft. So we'll just go from the top to the bottom. I don't really have a uh, great way of ranking these guys. I'm not going to do like what Matt does and and do a bunch of points associated to them and who has the most points. This is mostly just kind of a gut, kind of gut feeling of who had good drafts and who didn't. Kind of go over some of the guys that they had. Um from the, I think, um, we'll start with the cars who probably had the best draft, but mainly that's because he had the most picks. Um, but I think he had some really good combinations of some fielding people and also some pitching. Um, again, I think he reached on a couple of these guys, but overall, uh, pretty solid draft. I don't think he killed it, um, but he also didn't blow it. I think who had the second best draft was the Wu, uh, walking away, walking away with uh, Andrew Vaughn, Bobby Witt Jr., um, Alex Mohan, starting pitcher of Toronto, Brett Beatty. I mean, all those are pretty solid picks. So Wu did a good job. Um, number three, I'm going to go with the Lions. Um, definitely jump. And I think what the Lions did here was pretty much just went with the best player available in the draft, and he just selected it. I don't think he tried to get anything fancy. He was just taking what was pretty much falling to him. So 
with Carol falling to him and Josh Chung, uh, Luke Walson from uh, starting pitcher of Arizona, uh, Gabriel Arias, shortstop San Diego, I think was a solid pick. Um, had a couple of bad ones in there, but for the most part, everything was solid. Next, we'll go with the Crawford Cramps. Um, again, with having three picks in the first round, drafting three outfielders, I think was the right picks for him, which is interesting, though, because uh, outfielding prospects is not really what he needs, but I think these were the, the right picks at this, this spot. Um, next on, on the list, we have the... The Vipers, uh, grabbing C.J. Abrams is awesome. Uh, Matthew Allen, again, good starting pitching prospect from the Mets. Um, I think those are, those are solid picks. The other ones were were, were, were good at where they were selected. After that, I have the uh, Boston Double Downs. Um, grabbing Greg Jones, shortstop, was, not, was a great uh, steal. And then he kind of just more went for... Uh, uh, a, a potential closer, an international outfielder, and again, grabbing Acuna, I think it was a really good uh, pick. And I also really like the uh, Lewis Trevino pick. So Boston Double Downs had a, had a really good draft. After that, I have uh, the Memphis Chicks. Even though they only had three picks, um, I think all three of those guys are, are solid picks. And again, when you walk away with Adley, Rushman, and Jason Dominguez, you can't have a bad draft at all. After that, we have the uh, Malibu Bay Beers, selecting um, a couple prospects and Cody Housie, and then they're going and, and picking some uh, waiver wire starting pitching. After that, we got the the Cardinals. Um, they're always solid. Um, probably always a little bit of a step ahead of everybody else when the, when when grabbing prospects. Um, really like uh, the Luis Rodriguez and the Brandon Williamson pick. And then after that, we got the Jins. Um, yeah, he pretty much just went all pitching prospects um, for the most part. Again, to me, I, I think it's just a little bit of a reach on some of those pitching prospects, but uh, he had a plan of describing pitching. After that, uh, we get it in the into the elevation. Again, his strategy is always way different than everybody else's. I don't believe... Uh, or believes in prospects, he's always going to be looking for who's going to help his team now. So pretty much everybody that he drafted is uh, some has some major league experience, and uh, he'll find a way to manipulate the minor league system to get these guys on there and then and use them when he needs them. And then we have the Rockets after that. Yeah, I just don't think he did anything special. Seth Corey, starting pitcher, San Francisco is a, a solid pick. Um, but after that, I know Tyler Stevenson, again, I already talked about him. Oswald Peraza, uh, shortstop Yankees. I think that was a, a big reach there, even though it was in the fourth round. Um, and then again, the only other pick that I really liked here was the Adam Coffinstein uh, of the pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays. And then you had the Scottsdale Scorpions with their two picks. Uh, again, nothing special really there. And then the uh, Wallabies damage. And the Amish Brotherhood, all just having one one uh, pick each, and uh, again, it's getting hard to make a living off of just picking one person in the middle of the draft or towards the end of the draft. So that's who I think had the best drafts um, from the top to the bottom. Um, again, probably somewhere in the middle there. Again, you could probably rearrange them a little bit differently 
Um, but, uh, again, I think for the most part, we all did great. Uh, definitely like the pace of which the draft went. Um, so good, good job, everybody. Um, so let's switch gears just a little bit here. Let's actually start uh, talking a little bit more about the minor league systems that everybody has. And we're going to do another ranking here, which we'll go uh, for the, from the worst um, minor league system to the best minor league system. And again, I don't have a really great special formula. Um, I, I do look at a bunch of different sites and try to rank players uh, you know, based on different, uh, different sites. Um, so again, you guys could probably argue with some of these positions, uh, different ways. Um, this is just kind of my, my, my system. Um, so let's start at the bottom of who I think has the worst minor league system. Again, I, I don't think it's going to be too much of a surprise except for their, except for the person who I call out, um, cause he has a different way of, of handling the minor league system altogether. But, uh, the Kill Devil Hill elevation. Um, in my opinion, has one of the worst minor league systems from a prospect standpoint, uh, only because he doesn't really grab any prospects. He's mostly just grabbing uh, starting pitching that can help him throughout the season and uh, doesn't really care about uh, who the prospects are going to be to help him down the road. Um, so he comes in number 16. At number 15, I have the Malibu Bay Beers. Um Again, if you look at his prospects, again, he probably had one of the better prospect teams, um, but he did a lot of trading in the offseason and, and, and used those to his advantage to get Major League help now. So it definitely thinned out his system. Um, he's able to get a couple guys coming in right now, um, but there's really nobody to me that's that's um, you know, a top prospect on there. You know, yeah, maybe you have a Jonathan India. Um, it's probably one of his top prospects that he has. And he's probably one of it towards the back end of a top 100. Um, next on my list, we have the Amish Brotherhood. Um, if we look at his minor league roster, um, one of his top prospects is probably Xavier Edwards, who I like a lot. Um, O'Neill Cruz. Uh, he's got a, some outfielders. Um, again, most of these guys are kind of past the top 100 um got some pitching prospects in there um but again nothing that that really jumps out at me that says um these are top of the line prospects coming at number 13 we got uh, the wallabies we'll take a little quick look at the wallabies uh, roster here um, he's got some really good pitching prospects. Um, Jesus, uh, Laredo, AJ Puck, Logan Gilbert, you know, all those guys are, are top pitching prospects. He really has no, uh, offensive prospects. Again, just not really like the way I like to build my team. Pitching prospects are a lot more riskier. Um, but, uh, he does, he has some, uh, some top ones there. Uh, coming in after next on the list. We have the damage. And a quick look at the damages minor league system. Again, nothing, nothing too special. Um, we got some outfielders and Brandon Marsh. Um, 
We got uh, pitching prospect Tarek uh, Skubal, pretty good. Um, Isaac pro- uh, Isaac uh, Padres, I think, is a up and coming prospect. And then after that, uh, again, nothing that would be too high end of a prospects. After the damage, coming in at number eleven, we have the Vipers. And uh, Vipers is taking over a team that uh, probably didn't really spend too much time in uh, in prospect land. So he's trying to rebuild that uh, system a little bit. Um, again, really helps with grabbing C.J. Abrams, having Brandon McKay. Um, I think it's also going to help a lot. Seth Beer, uh, Khalil Lee. Yeah, those are some uh, some good names to have there. Um after that, again, you got some crapshoots on some guys, um, but not not too bad. After the Vipers, uh, we got the Scottsdale Scorpions. Again, nothing's going to jump out at most people. I think most of my prospects are uh, a little bit further down um, in the minor leagues, so I'm kind of just taking some gambles on people like uh, George Valera. And, uh, you know, Geraldo Perdomo. And, uh, so the little bit younger, younger prospects, nothing, nothing overly special there. Um, we have the Jins coming in next. Again, also another, uh, team that more uses his prospects to, for trade chips. So typically not really having a whole lot of them on this team. He does have Gavin Lux, who's, uh, and uh, Nico Homer, who both are probably going to lose their prospect eligibility very early on. A um, lot of pitching prospects, probably too heavily in the pitching prospects. And they just uh, have a tendency to bust out more than your uh, position fielders. After the Gens, coming in number eight, we got the Boston Double Downs. Again, I think uh, years past, Boston, Boston Double Downs has probably had a little bit better the prospects, but a lot of them have graduated, and he's used some uh, to, to bolster his major league roster and trades. Um, again, I like the I like the new guy. I like pretty much all the new guys that he's drafted. Um, got a good good mix between pitching and outfielders. Um, probably more leaning towards the towards the fielders than it is towards the pitching, though. Interesting. I don't know if you guys have been listening about <laughs> about the trade stuff that's been going down with Boston and the Twins with the uh, 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 Gradal uh, pitching thing, where he's probably not going to be a starting pitcher anymore. They're they're looking at him as a more of a bullpen arm. But uh, kind of interesting talk about how he's really not a, uh, a starting pitching pitcher anymore. But anyways, moving on, uh, we got the Cardinals coming in at number seven. Again, Matt, uh, we all know, is a minor league guru. And so, again, he basically just uses them as trade baits. And so he flips over his prospects pretty pretty quickly to everybody else who's looking for prospects. Um, so he's probably in the middle of the pack right now. Um, if I take a quick look at his team, see if anybody jumps out at me. Um, of course, yeah, Julio Rodriguez. Um 
Ken Brian Hayes has kind of been around for a while. Hopefully he needs to, to see what he can do in the majors here shortly. Um, Jordan Groshams liked him last year. A couple good pitching prospects, uh, Daniel Lynch, Josiah Gray. Um, again, he's, he's always going to have guys on his, uh, in his minor league systems that are going to be useful. Uh, coming in at number six, we got the Rockets. Uh, let's take a quick look at the Rockets prospect team. Again, we got uh, a good combination of both uh, pitching prospects and position prospects. Uh, Alex Kirilov, Jazz Chisholm. Uh, we got uh, Grayson Rodriguez, um, Eric Bedino, Braylon Marquez, who's definitely going to be jumping up on prospects list. Um, so good combination. Coming in at number five. We have the Lions. Um, you know, Dylan Carson, Dustin May. Um, looks like he has some uh, some of my old prospects there, Evan White and uh, Brendan Davis. Those will help him out quite a bit. Jeter Downs, that's pretty nice. And then, of course, I think he did a really good job in the drafts. Adding to his team with Corbin Carroll, Josh Jung, Gabriel Arias. Um, so the prospect uh, team's looking pretty good. Coming in at number four, we got uh, Killer Cars. You would think with uh, all those picks that he'd be the number one team, but he's not. So he's number four. But uh, definitely has the number one prospect overall in Wander Franco. Uh, Michael Kopech. Uh, Fidel Brujan, Eric Pena, Matt Libertor, Kirby, George Kirby. Again, he's got a good balance. Um, he's definitely going to have to make a decision. Uh, probably, actually, probably the rest of the teams on the way out are going to have to be making some decisions on uh, which of these prospects they're no longer keeping are either going to trade or drop. So, uh, I've warned all you other owners, start uh, being on the lookout for trades from Johnny so that he can uh, pare down his roster. He's going to be trying to offer you guys all these low-end prospects uh, for all this, for your guys' major leaguers. Um, coming in at number three, we got the Memphis Chicks. Memphis Chicks team. Again, Royce Lewis, Mackenzie Gore. Christian A. Robinson, I mean, that's a, that's a really good list there. Got some good pitching prospects also. Matt Manning, uh, Ian Anderson, Mitch Keller. So good balance. Um, again, also added to, to uh, very top prospects, Justin Dominguez and Adley Rutschman. So he's on his way. Um, one thing about the Memphis Chicks, and again, I don't know if, how many of you guys really follow the organizations of every team but uh but this organization has no luck whatsoever they've only made the playoffs once in their entire history uh so the chicks definitely has an uphill battle um so if he ever does make the playoffs it's going to be a miracle 
And uh, at that point in time, he should deserve the Ripken Award at that point in time. Um, so we'll keep an eye out for that. Definitely has an uphill battle, though. Coming in at number two with the best uh, minor league uh, system, we have the uh, Crawford Cramps. Um, let's take a quick look at that team. You know, got uh, yeah, we got a bunch of outfielders. What do you guys? Did you guys? What do you know? We got a bunch of outfielders, right? Uh, Joe Adele, Jerry Klinek, uh, Riley Green, Alec Thomas, again, all great prospects. Um, definitely heavily heavily cited on the offensive side, which is good. Got a couple uh, starting pitchers in there. Um, but uh, if you need an outfielder prospect, go ahead up the cramps. And uh, rounding out with the number one team for our minor league system, uh, shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but it's the Wrigleyville Woo. Um, again, he's, he's stacked in the minor league system. He probably has, uh, well, let's see, probably almost probably close to 20 guys in his minor league system that are probably all top 100 prospects. Um Again, he's going to have to figure out a way to uh, trade some of these guys um, for either uh, more draft picks, more prospects. Um, this is kind of why the Peter Alonzo trade didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, only because I don't think he really needed more prospects to, to help out his team. But um, he's pretty much got everything you want. You know, He's got a good balance of Position players and some um, starting pitching. Um, so two or three years, these guys will hopefully start graduating, and we'll see where, where they really stand. But uh, but uh, very good-looking minor league rosters. So that's pretty much all I had um, for this episode. Um, let me know what you guys think. I'm sure you guys probably disagree with some of the analysis. And again, I didn't get too much into stats or anything like that. It's just most of these are just kind of gut feeling and, in my opinion, on on some systems. I'm probably going to try to do another podcast towards the end of the month, if not the beginning of next month, where we'll look at more of um, season projections and uh, division breakdowns and stuff like that. All right, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Out.